0: Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Muhammadu Hu Amma bari. Alhamdulillah, tonight is the 12th of February in the year 2023. And Alhamdulillah, we moved on to the 55th night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the illustrious companions. And I've reached the point where I've mentioned that the Khalif Abdul Malik Ibn Murwan he sent a letter threatening the governor of Iraq Al-Hajjaj that he must stop committing the atrocities against the noble companions of the Prophet and then I mentioned that Hajaj turned over a new leaf and he was now treating Anas as if he was a dear uncle. And then it mentions that for 15 years he was honored and respected by the governor. But like I mentioned, you would now expect nothing but peace between these two souls. However, their paths crossed once more. So, this relation is recorded in Abu al-Sheikh ibn Asakir in his Tarikh Dimishq, Imam Sayyuti in his Jam'ul Jawami. أَخْبَارُ الْأَخْيَارِ page 292 and Ibn Asini relates similar. Aban ibn أَبْيْ أَيَّاشِ رَحْمَتَ اللَّهِ he said, Once Hajjaj ibn Yusuf, the cruel governor, showed 400 horses of different types to Sayyidina Anas رضي الله and he said, O Anas رضي did you see this many horses and this high grandeur with your companion؟ Sayyidina Anas was angered by how Hajjaj addressed our beloved messenger. So he replied, I swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I saw much superior things with Rasulullah. And I heard from the Prophet, there are three types of horses kept by people. Firstly, the horse that is kept for the purpose of jihad. Aye, then the reward he mentioned. Secondly, the horse which is kept for use as transport. And thirdly, the horse which is kept due to arrogance and for showing off. Such leading will lead to hell. O Hajjaj, your horses are of the third type. (laughs) Stop me the report. So obviously Hajjaj is now in favor with Anas and he's taking him for the tour, God knows what for. And he shows him all these horses. And they must have been obviously, you know, grandly attired. And what did he say? Look at the words he uttered. He goes, did you see this many horses with your companion? So how can a Muslim address the Prophet like that? So Anas obviously looks at him and this is the beauty of the Sahaba. but their anger is also knowledge. And he goes, I saw superior things with Rasulullah. Then he mentioned the hadith of the horses. And the one horse is for jihad, one is for your transport, and one is for arrogance. Then he said, Hajaj, your horses will are the third type. Mm. Upon hearing this, Hajaj became full of fury. He goes, Oh, Anas, Radiallah. Mm. If it wasn't for me being mindful of the fact that you have served Rasulullah and the fight that the Khalif had advised for your care, I would now have dealt with you ruthlessly. stop in the report. Was he bothered? He was a companion of the Prophet? No. But look how interesting he's changing his tune. He goes, If it wasn't for the fight you served the Prophet, well, he knew that anyway, that Allah, but the real fight was. The Khalif advised for your care, I would now have dealt with you. So Anas he responded, O Hajjaj, I swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you cannot do any harm to me because I have heard some words from Rasulullah sallallahu by virtue of which I always remain under the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And due to those words, I now do not fear from the cruelty of any oppressor or the evil of any shaitan. Hajjaj was left speechless in all of these words and he lowered his head to stop in the report. So after he threatened Sayyidina Anas, Allah, Anas now said something very interesting. And he basically said, I've uttered a certain dhikr taught to me by the Prophet wasallam." And now I am not worried about the cruelty of any oppressor or even shaitan. So Hajaj was interesting. He reflected upon this. After some time he lifted his head and he said, O oh Abu Hamza, R.A., please teach me those words. So Anas Allah replied, Under no circumstance will I tell you, for you are not worthy of them. So now this is fascinating. This shows he's a Muslim. If he completely did not believe in anything which the Prophet gave, he won't be interested in these words. But he asked him. And Anas said, You're not worthy for these words. The narrator added, When Sayyidina Anas was near the end of his life, his servant Aban Abban alayhi, came to him and began to weep. Anas asked, What is your need, O Abban? Aban Rahmatullah said, "Teaches the words that Hajjaj asked you to tell him, and you refused." So Anas replied, "My dear here are these words. Learn them, recite them in the morning and in the evening." To stop in the report, so he was now going to share it with one of his students, and the zikr should be recited twice: once in the morning, once in the evening. So the zikr goes. Bismillahi ala nafsi wa dini. With Allah subhanahu wa taala's name, I protect myself and my religion. Bismillahi ala ahlī wa māli wa waladi. With Allah subhanahu wa taala's name, I protect my family, wealth, and children. Bismillahi ala ma Allah With Allah subhanahu wa taala's name. I protect everything which Allah Ta'ala has bestowed upon me. Allahu Rabbi la ushriku bihi shay'a. Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala is my Lord. I do not associate anything with him. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Wa a'azzu wa ajallu wa a'azimu mimma akhaf wa ahdhulu azza jalluka wa jalla thana'uka. Mighty is your honor, your splendor, your greatness. And the praise goes on. Allahumma oh inni awuthi bika min shari nafsi wa min shari ulli shaitanin marid wa min shari ulli O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I seek refuge in you from all the evil of myself and all the evil of every accursed devil and all the evil of every obstinate tyrant. Then he recited Surat Tauba, Surat nine, verse one to nine. But if they turn away, say, "Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is sufficient for me. There is no god but He. On Him is my trust. The Lord of the immense throne." And finally, he recited. إِنَّ اللَّهُ الَّذِي وَهُوَ الصَّالِحِينَ So this was the complete zikr. So let's look at this very briefly. So he knew actual zikr taught to him by the Prophet, which is quite long, it's about a page in length. And that will protect you from all outward harm, from the tyrants in particular, and from the evil of the shaitan. Now, what's interesting, part of the long zikr, some of it is quite famous. Bismillahi ala nafsi wa deebi. One report says, whoever says that Allah will protect your wealth and your family. Bismillahi ala ahli wa mali wa waladi. And again, the same zikr. And then he said during the zikr, Allahu ushriku bihi shay'a. what's interesting about this zikr? The Prophet said in the Sayyid Hadith in tilmadi that sorry one of the companions said when the Prophet was troubled by anything he would recite this zikr Allahu Rabbi la ushriku bihi Shay'a,' and he would look at the heavens Allah is my Lord I don't associate anything with him so that zikr by itself is also when you have problems and worries and then of course the longer zikr but what's interesting right in the middle at the end of the zikr there's that famous verse the last verse of Surah At-Tawbah. And that particular verse, if you say it seven times, Abu Dardar said, Hadith, that even if you are not sincere in uttering this seven times, Allah will still give you protection. So this zikr is so powerful that even if you just tape recorded it seven times, it will still give you the protection. And then it finishes with that that blessed uh, praise of Almighty Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, that you will be joined with the righteous. So that was the zikr that he refused to give to Hajjaj. Why? Because Hajjaj would obviously use it. He's a tyrant, and he would use it for his own means and ends. So the lesson also we learn from this is that we should be very careful who we give the zikr to. Those who are, who are, you know, who are in need, who are appropriate, it should be given to them. So another truly priceless and endless supplication from our beloved messenger Sallallahu الله عليه وسلم. So Anas. He would mix with uh, Hajjaj very, very infrequently. Others would also come to him and they would complain about Hajjaj. He would advise them to be patient with the tribulations of the governor. In Sahih Bukhari, number 7068, Al-Bidayah, Mishkar, in the chapter on the end of the world, Zubair ibn Adi, rahmatullahi alayhi, said, We went to Anas ibn Malik, and complained to him of what we were suffering from her judge he responded isbiru fa innahu la ya'ti 'alaykum zamanan illa alladhi ba'dahu asharru minhu hatta talqu rabbakum sami'atuhu min nabiyyikum sallallahu alayhi wasallam be patient for no error will come to you which will not be followed by one that will be worse till you meet your lord I have indeed heard this from your Prophet. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Sahih Bukhari. So the people are complaining, obviously, he's in a tyrant. You know, the people, even the righteous are getting affected. So Anas, he didn't say curse him, make a du'a to get rid of him. He goes, Isbiru, be patient. And then he quoted a hadith. No error will come to you, which will not be followed by one that will be worse till you meet your Lord, meaning... Per se, generally the generation suffered degeneration. Mm-hmm. So the best generation with the companions, then there was a degeneration, tabi'in, and it goes on. He goes, I heard this from the Prophet. So now what's important to highlight about that hadith, not everybody becomes worse. Because one report from the Prophet mentions, My ummah is like rain. He goes, which part of it is best? Is it the beginning or the end? So at the end, we have the Honorable Imam Mahdi, so obviously, there are exceptions. But generally speaking, generations will get worse. So the lesson here is don't curse the titans. Don't waste your breath. It's just be patient. May dua that Allah guides them or frees you. His immediate students took this to heart, for it is related. Someone asked Muhammad ibn Sidin, rahmatullah You've never said anything bad about Hajjaj ibn Yusuf. He replied, I fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He subhanahu wa ta'ala may release him on the day of judgment for his belief in Tawheed and I may get the punishment of backbiting against him. Subhanallah, this is recorded by Shaykh Ismail Haqqi Barusawi Rahmatullah in his Ruh al Bayan, volume 9, page 90. So now let's look at this. So, Muhammad ibn Sirin, like I mentioned, he was the one who had the honor of washing Anas' body when he, was, when he passed away. He was the famous interpreter interpreter of dreams. And look what somebody said to him. You've never said anything about Hajjaj. Now, think about that. You know, he was living in his time. Not once did he say anything bad about it. Because why don't you speak ill of him? And what did he say? He goes, Allah Allah may release him for his toheed and may punish me for backbiting him. So what does that mean? Note that the honorable Muhammad ibn Sirin rahmatullahi, did not consider the tyrant despite his endless crimes to be an unbeliever. This is very important because some people get emotional because he killed Sahaba, he killed Tabi'in. he definitely a kafir. So you say the first statement is correct, but the second isn't. And because he killed Sahaba, and he goes, Killing does not make you kafir. It's a great, heinous, major sin. But a major sin doesn't make you an unbeliever unless you believe that, that it's not a command. Mm. Or you don't believe it's, it's haram. Mm. So, Muhammad ibn Sirin was saying he's not an unbeliever. Mm. Uh, if I talk against him, I might get punished. <laughs> because I'm backbiting him. Some people think that because a person is evil, you can backbite him. If you noticed. Mm. Right? Muhammad ibn Siddin warned you against that. He goes, it doesn't matter. If he's got Iman, you'll be taken to task. It is also related. Sheikh Ismail Haqqib Arusawi, r.a. in his Ruh al-Bayan, volume 9, page 89. Muhammad ibn Siddin, r.a. had a habit that if he happened to commit bite-biting against anyone, he would give sadaqa. So look how beautiful. He never bite-bited, never spoke. Even so forget about everybody else. He's not even thinking about Hajjaj. But if he somehow slipped, he didn't just go, Ya Allah forgive me. Go to that person, please forgive me. He'd give sadaqa. Because that is a major slip. So notice he would do something practical to eradicate himself from that crime. The Prophet said in Tabalani and bike biting is worse than zina. And what's strange is we're still in a time, even though we've, you know we're coming to the end of time, where zina is looked down upon still. Mm -hmm. If you get a person, he's not going to go around boasting, I'm committing zina. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Generally speaking, people still frown upon that, but bike-biting is normal. (laughs) In fact, when a person doesn't bike-bite, he's strange. Mm -hmm. But what's worse, it's not zina. So, it's better to be a zani who doesn't bike-bite than to be a bike-biter who doesn't commit zina. Think about that. Mm -hmm. According to what the Prophet said, and the only thing about Muhammad ibn Sirin, to finish, the report says that he would, in Imam Ghazali's ihya, that he would make dua in sujood, prostration, and he would mention 70 of his companions by name making dua for them. So he wouldn't just make a general dua, like you know, you'd say, like people say, give my salam to the Prophet, give my salam to the Prophet, and when they go to Medina, he goes, Ya Rasulullah, everybody who's told me to give you salaam. I've given you his daya salam. He would mention them by name in sujood. So think about that. He'd be in sujood and he'll say, you know, Abdullah and he mentioned mention what, what dua he wants. And then he would mention maybe Muhammad, mention the duas he wants. Now, look at the beauty of that. He was such a pure man that he was mentioning people. Now, why was he doing that? Because the Prophet said in Sahih Muslim, that if you make a dua for your believing brother, an angel says, "And for you. So, if you say, Oh my Lord, forgive so and so, an angel says, And you. Now, what's strange? Your dua might not get answered, but the angels will. So, if you want the angels to make dua for you, make a dua for your brother. And I asked about this. I thought, Well, hang on a minute, isn't that a polluted uh, dua? (laughs) Because you're thinking, I wouldn't have made dua for him, but uh, I'm wanting the angels' dua. And the response is, No, it's not a polluted dua, because the Prophet told you to do that. So that's one of the ways to you know, remember your brothers in your du'as. Ya Allah, give him this, give him that. And in your heart, thinking the angels are making du'a for me. Muhammad ibn Sadeen, 70. So how long was he in sujood? Be honest, he wasn't just making one du'a for a brother. And look how well acquainted they were with the needs of their brothers and sisters. So all I mentioned today was the long report where Hajjaj was trying to praise, to impress Sayyidina Anas with regards to his uh, stable of horses. And because he addressed the Prophet as your companion, Anas gave him a suitable reply. And then of course the beautiful long zikr in which you get protection from the evil which is mentioned. And then I mentioned how Anas would respond to people when they would say, aren't you going to do anything against Hajjaj? Just be patient. As time passes, things will progressively get worse. And then I mentioned the great Muhammad ibn Sireen with regards to the mutt. Are there any questions you want ask? سبحان الذي سبحانك اللهم لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك باسمك يا محمد بن عزت يا ام اسك ونستعوذ بالله من